ladies and gents, my favorite day of the week, SHIT. So, so happy. happy it's, it's Thursday. Thursday. And we got another good <laughs> one for you. Here we go. Shut up and sit down. The Business Bros Podcast was created for you. Learn from the business professionals who come to share their stories. Find out what's working in business on social media, what's hot and what's not, straight from the mouths of successful entrepreneurs out there doing the real work. And now, welcome to another episode of Business Bros. <laughs> it is Thursday. For some of you, it is Friday because we got a four-day weekend coming up. So let's oh. drop some heat. Here we go. All right, all you business pros out there. Before we jump into the show, just a quick reminder to please subscribe on whichever platform it is that you're listening to us on today. Give us a like, give us a follow, subscribe, and drop a review. Help other like-minded business owners find value from our awesome guests while we rise up in those podcast rankings. We will sincerely appreciate every single one of you for it. And if you want to be a guest on the show, we'd love to have you on to learn from you as well. Go to www.businessbros.biz slash guest to schedule your time slot don't forget to follow us on all social medias at Business Bros Pod. All right, everybody, we're so excited and so honored to bring yet another incredible guest to the Business Bros Pod. Our guest today is keenly aware of all the stresses, pressures, struggles, and celebrations of operating a small business. Why? Because he's never known any other way. Having grown up in a household of entrepreneurs, in fact, the company his grandparents started 40 years ago is still operated by his father and brother today. Our guest has been witness to every kind of turmoil and every kind of victory that owning a small business can bring. Taking wing on his own and flying high the past 15 years, our guest has been a veteran of business strategy, corporate development, and management consulting. His experience and knowledge makes him a veritable expert, and he has thus founded the 90-Day Reorganization Course, intent on helping small business leaders successfully navigate the rough waters of business, especially in a post-COVID world. We can't wait to hear from this awesome guest. Joining us today from Top Hill Advisors, welcome to the show, Hunter Johnson. Now that's one heck of an intro, Hunter. How do you feel about that one? That was a hell of an intro. That's that's uh, one of a kind for sure. Glad to be with you guys. Thanks for having me. All right, man, let's jump into this. We got 30 minutes of some uh, grueling stuff. Lately, I've been participating in a documentary series uh, for entrepreneurs, and I find myself venting to the camera over and over again. Whatever's going on in my day, whether I didn't make my phone calls or I have cash flow issues or whatever the situation is, and as I'm watching Startup Hustle TV continue to move forward, I'm seeing other entrepreneurs struggle with some of these day-to-day operations, some of these uh, ups and downs, ebbs and flows in business, what's been your experience working with entrepreneurs, well, being an entrepreneur yourself and then working with entrepreneurs to get through that? Yeah. So I think it's an important point is, um, you know, I think there's definitely a roller coaster of emotions as, you know, inherent to being a, an, an entrepreneur. The highs are very high and the lows are very low. And, and especially if you're a solopreneur, uh, it can be lonely at times. So I think that community is is especially important if you can find like-minded individuals that are going through you know similar struggles um you know i know for me and i think a lot of entrepreneurs in this camp you're trying to create a new category you're trying to you know pursue kind of a blue ocean opportunity 
Um, but I think the the challenges with that, and I find that especially true in my business, is no one's aware of what you're trying to sell by definition because you're trying to create a new category. Um, and so, so that that's probably the the primary challenge that I find is just trying to raise awareness of a solution that people don't know exists. It's one thing to try to get you know, in the way of people's keyword searches, uh, because they already know um, that that a solution exists and they're just trying, you're trying to, you know, disrupt that pattern and, and raise awareness that way. But it's, it's yet another challenge when you're trying to, like I said, uh, kind of create a category. So um, that's what came to mind first when you said kind of the, the day-to-day struggles of being an entrepreneur and, um, uh, and all that comes with that. Well, let's let's get into some nitty gritty. Let let's let the audience know right off the bat. Usually, I do this at the end, but then, you know, I'm doing this at the beginning. What is it that you're selling? You know, everybody in business has to have a product or service. Otherwise, you're not in business. You're a nonprofit, right? So, what is it that you're selling? What is it the benefit? What is the benefit that you're bringing? The value that you're bringing to the table? Sure. So, you know how whenever big mega companies start stumbling, so a GM or an American Airlines or a JCPenney, you always see the headline in the paper that they filed for bankruptcy. And then once you read further down, it comes out that it's chapter 11 reorganization and the continue the company is going to continue to operate. Um, but they just get to get to go through this reorganization process. Well, that's never really been a viable option for small businesses because it's just too heavy of a process. It's an 18 to 24 month process. You're paying attorneys a thousand bucks an hour for that whole duration. Most small businesses couldn't have afforded that during their heyday, much less when they're in a distress period. Um, so just last year, Congress passed a new law called the SBRA, the Small Business Reorganization Act, which does kind of what it sounds like it did. It, it prescribed a new process for small businesses when they get in distress situations to reorganize like the big guys do. Um, but it's a much more small business friendly process. So it's a maximum 90 day process that they get to go through much more streamlined, less bureaucracy. Uh, it's much more affordable. And the big kicker is when they come out the other side, they get to keep the, the small business owners get to keep the equity in their company, which is unlike any other kind of reorganization. So um, when you ask, you know, what, what am I in the business of? Last year, last summer, uh, summer 2020, when I launched my consulting firm, I knew I wanted to consult and advise small business owners. And at the time, we were at the height of a pandemic. And the number one problem for small business owners were they were in distress situations and they were closing their business and they weren't aware of all the options. Um, so I really became focused on letting them know of this new law that literally came out in February of 2020, the month before all those you know shutdowns started to happen. Um, and what I, what I literally do is I perform the financial activities that are involved, um, in these filings, there's legal activities as well. I've got some partnerships with different attorneys. Um, but in a nutshell, that's what my program is. It's, it's a set of financial and legal activities that allow distressed small businesses to reorganize and save their company, save their employees, et cetera. Like the big guys always had. So you're telling me there's a chance. Yeah, there's a chance now. All right, let's let's uh, dive into some of these terms, okay? Because I I know that when you when you talk about that chapter eleven, it's you, like you said, it's 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 a reorganization. But there's also chapter thirteen. There's also chapter seven, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, what's the difference between those, and how do they apply to small business owners? 
Right. So, yeah, so for, for companies, it's usually between Chapter 7 and Chapter 11. So Chapter 7 is a liquidation, which means uh, kind of like what it sounds. You're going to sell all the assets in the business uh, so that everything is liquidated to a cash value. And then the creditors who that business owes money to are going to be paid out from uh, from what cash is is remaining. And the, um, the, the, the reason you would go through a Chapter 7 is because the liquidation value is less than what creditors are owed. And that's why you need kind of a legal process to help facilitate those transfer of funds so that secured creditors get paid first and then priority unsecured and then unsecured and on and on and on. So just kind of put some formality around it. But long story short, a chapter seven bankruptcy is is you're you're losing your you're losing your business. Whereas a chapter eleven reorganization is a way to uh, keep the business operating, provide relief. So um, when you have those different classes of um, creditors that are owed money, they have different um, you know amounts of relief that they're kind of required to to provide. Um, and the the idea is that it's for the greater good that you a creditor might have a claim for X amount of dollars, fifty thousand dollars, and they're going to get paid out, you know, forty thousand dollars over stretched out over a period of time. But going forward, they're going to get to continue to to uh, do business with that 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 entity and um, you know keep 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 uh, keep that alive as a revenue stream and. Um, it's you know when I say the greater good, it's 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 over the long term better for creditors. It's better for the employees; they get to stay employed. It's better for ownership equity, et cetera. So it's, um, but it, there has to be a viable path to for that business to return to to solvency. If there's not, then then it, then the Chapter Seven liquidation is you know is the um, is really the only option. In, in the- Oh man, he was thinking the same thing I was, dude. That, that's what happens when you have a chapter seven, though, right? It's gone. It, it, yeah. The entity, when you're talking liquidation, for those of you who you know haven't haven't ever had to go through that process, it means you fold. It's over. It's finito. It's dead. It's done. Chapter seven is is no more for that business. It's a way out where you can uh, legally settle those debts, legally get out of the entity, dissolve it. It's, it's over. Whereas chapter eleven. That's where reorganizations come in. And if I'm hearing you correctly, with the chapter 11, you can continue moving forward. Like you're going to come out of bankruptcy, but the entity will still exist. The relationships will still exist. Uh, and you, you have a pathway, a viable option, a path to get from insolvency to back into a cash flow position. Dude, I almost had you. That sound about exactly. right? That, that's exactly right. And, I, and it's a really unique time because – you know, there were some businesses that were already struggling that were kind of never profitable and COVID was just the, the, you know, the straw that broke the camel's back. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about businesses that had proven their concept that were profitable, that now are going through this trough because of government restrictions or changes in consumer confidence or what, whatever, you, you know, whatever, what, what, you know, whatever your situation there is. But the, the idea is it's a temporary thing. And as the vaccine rolls out and consumer confidence returns, that, the, that there's a, a pretty clear path that that business will return to viability and they just need help getting through this this middle period and this is the mechanism that allows them to get that relief that allows them to bridge that chasm 
How are we determining whether a business is viable? Is there like a time frame like this business has been around for 20 years? Is it is it tax returns that are showing profits for a number of, of times consecutively? Because I mean, I mean, if you really look at a business, they're not always showing profitability when it comes to a tax return. There's a number of different strategies. I mean, you're talking apartment complexes. Uh, you could be talking restaurants, and you're looking at completely different types of revenue streams, different types of PLs, different types of. Now, if you know what you're worth, then go out and get what you're worth. Exactly. So which so so are, are, is there like a specific industry that you're kind of focusing your attention on? Yeah, so um the the industry that's been hit the hardest, I would I would say and and you can see these filings they're public so you can go out there and see them. The industry that's uh you know uh, accounted for the 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 most amount of filings is the restaurant industry. They're almost double the next the next industry. I would say kind of more broadly any kind of brick and mortar businesses. So retailers, you know, personal care, spas, gyms, et cetera. But very specifically restaurants in particular have been very much, um, you know, hit hard by this um, and, and not, not surprisingly. So, um, so yeah, to the extent that you can show that, um, you know, pre COVID that they were, that they were profitable, that they were and and there's not, there's not an exact science where it's, you know, the net profit line on your tax return. It's, it, it, there's, you know, there's a number of different ways to do it and there's definitely some discretion there. Um, but it's, it's really on a three-year horizon. It's a, you, you put forth a 36 month, um, projection in terms of a income statement and, and it needs to show that the cumulative income over that forecasted period will return to, um, to a net viable status. And, uh, and to your, to, I, I think you're, you hit on this as well as, you know, that there's that's part of art and part science right it's trying to pro project the next 36 months is is you know anyone's anyone's guess but that's really the role that i play is trying to make that as data driven as possible try to use some of these macro for, forecasts like the cbo cboe that the um that the government uses and some of these other macro in, you know economic indicators um but it's definitely a, a fuzzy time in terms of trying to project the future Rose. Well, we're going, we don't need roads. That's perfect, James. That's perfect. So uh, you talk about the 90-day process, whereas a normal Chapter 11 for one of the big boys will take a number of years to, to complete. Uh, oh. if, if this is something that a restaurant or a nail salon or something like that is, is ready to kind of look into, what sort of things should they be looking at when it comes to their bottom line? At what point should they decide that, okay, this needs to be my next path forward? No, that's a great question. So the trigger that I always say is if you look at your cash flow and your cash balance and you, and you projected what are your fixed costs, how many months worth of fixed costs would you have in terms of your cash balance? And if that number is less in that three to six month range or less, then uh, and you're and you're running at a um, you're running in the red on a month to month basis. Then you should really start looking into this and making sure that you're you're very familiar. I think one of the mistakes that people make is they wait till the very last second and they have no money left in their in their bank account. And there is kind of a point of no return where it's you know where it's too late. Um, so it's it's really a matter of kind of forecasting in that short term, thir three to six months. Are you going to be heading to this spot? And if and if you are. Then it's it's you know 
a, a prudent decision to reach out, make sure that you're informed. And there's a lot of work that you can do ahead of time to try to model what is the relief that you're going to get. And that's one of the, the differences that, that um, in terms of how I kind of go to market is a lot of other professionals that would help you do this. They're going to charge you hourly, uh, ask for a retainer, bill against that. Maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. For me, I only work for, work for fixed fees, and I only will work for a fixed fee if it pays itself back immediately. And if it doesn't, then um, you know it's not going to be a, a good fit. Um, but uh, yeah, to your question, that three to six month horizon is really what you should have your eye on. And if, if that's looking kind of especially hairy, um, then uh, it's worth to, worth it to go through that assessment, that analysis, to see what kind of relief you can get, and and uh, get some kind of professional opinions on whether it's it's kind of time to to uh, to 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 go forward with that. COVID has has put a, a damper and almost like a domino effect in a lot of these different industries. So, for example, if you have a restaurant that is hurting, has to go into Chapter 11, they're going to renegotiate a lot of their terms with their vendors, uh, but also with places like the lease on their on the building where they are. Uh, and, and, and a lot of times that has other effects because now the landlord is having trouble paying their stuff and now they're, you know, and, and it, it cascades. I know for a, for a fact, I have a commercial REIT that I'm invested in and that thing took a dump in the last. It's worse. It's so much worse. Exactly. Right. And that's just because, you know, we had 24 hour fitness in there. We had things that were normally going nowhere and all yeah. of a sudden put a standstill. Uh, what are you seeing uh, as far as helping those other vendors out as they have to do this renegotiation process? What kind of reaction are you getting from some of these vendors who may have never had to deal with uh, these types of renegotiations or, or debt consolidations or anything like that? Yeah. So I think it really kind of runs the, runs the gamut in terms of, um, you know, the perception of the creditors and and how 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 they view these. I think there's there's some creditors that are mega corporations, um, and I think they're much more uh, able to kind of see uh, see the big picture in terms of if I provide relief now and I'm you know well capitalized that over the long term that you know this is going to be MPV positive. This is the right the right way to go. On the other end of the spectrum, there's some creditors who are small businesses themselves, or who are not in capitalized situations where you know they can they can afford to not um, you know uh, to to not to afford to not have that cash flow, um, and that's what's really tough. Um, I think you know at the end of the day, they have the same options available to them. Um, but I, I, you know, I, I think it's really just a matter of, okay, how can kind of one entity at a time, can we come up with a solution that works in theory, at least for the greater good. Um, and then, uh, you know, to the extent possible, do, do right by, by each of those players. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's a complicated answer and there's kind of a lot of considerations to it. Well, let's let's take a dive into into business in general. So we're talking about businesses that are struggling after they've been in business for some time. You said this law passed in February 2020, which makes me kind of wonder, you know, people kind of saw stuff coming if, they, if that law was passed in February 2020. But that's a whole different conspiracy theory going there. Oh, hell no. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, so, but you started this in February 2020. And right. the problem with any business 
is that when you start something, not everybody knows that this is an opportunity that's available. You've heard a lot about PPPs, right? You've heard a lot about uh, 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 all these uh, SBA loans that are going out to help these businesses stay afloat. But yeah. this is an opportunity for them. And I know bankruptcy has a negative connotation because normally when people or individuals are dealing with bankruptcy, it is a chapter seven. But right. this is an opportunity to keep your business afloat. Yes. What, what struggles are you going through as a new business owner in that sense to get people aware of the situation. Yeah, no, that's for sure. That's the number one challenge. I think, you know, um, in terms of awareness, I think the people who are most familiar with changes in the law are bankruptcy attorneys, right? At least changes in bankruptcy law. And if you talk about bankruptcy attorneys who are used to chapter 11s producing six and seven figures of fees, and now you're talking about very low five figures in terms of fees, they're not super excited to go scream this from the rooftop. So the people who are most aware are definitely not help, helping raise awareness. Um, I think the, the thing that I was most surprised was in an election year where, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to wade deep into politics, but by my estimation, they got it right. Congress did this in a very bipartisan way, and they got this thing right in terms of delivering something for Main Street America, which is what they always preach that they want to do. And I didn't hear one politician talk about this. Like they got mm. it right and they didn't <laughs> they didn't raise any awareness about it. Um, one thing they did get right, but again, awareness is very low. You mentioned, you know, the CARES Act and the PPP. What they did actually in the CARES Act is they expanded the eligibility of the, the small businesses that are eligible. So when it originally went into effect in February, the definition of small business, which is kind of a funny definition, is because it's based on debt. So the original definition was any business with less than $2.7 million in debt is declared a small business, regardless of revenue, regardless of number of employees, purely based on debt. The CARES Act expanded that by almost 3x. So right now, the eligibility is any business uh, with less than $7.5 million in debt, Ooh. which is pretty generous amount of debt. So there's some... Yeah, you better believe <laughs> some it. Decent sized companies who are like, hey, by this letter of the law, we can, um, you know, uh, categorize ourselves as a small business and get through this much more stream streamlined process to get um, to get relief. Um, so, yeah, there's there's definitely an awareness issue. I my my uh, main tactic has been trying to uh, focus my outreach on CPAs. Um, who have knowledge of small business owners, their financial status, they have that built-in trusted advisor status and trying to kind of shortcut to the small business owners via that way uh, and, and you know help that CPA uh, preserve a revenue stream, elevate their status as a trusted advisor by making them aware of this option that can, can save their business. Uh, but, but yeah, to summarize, awareness is, is a mountain of a, of a challenge. I'm your huckleberry. I mean, it, it is tough. It is tough. It, it, just being able to get that message out there to tell people that it's that this is what I do. I mean, that's what really marketing is all about, right? I mean, it's getting in front of people and telling them what it is you do. But how do you get in front of these specific people? You mentioned uh, CPAs. You know, in my mind, I was thinking, yeah, and enrolled agents. And I'm also thinking uh, payroll companies. And I'm thinking registered investment advisors. Like, I'm just trying to think, where is money moving? Where is this change happening uh, because those those are the people who are like a lot of potential for aggressive expansion. 
<laughs> yeah, they're they're the ones they're the ones who are seeing the shift in in money, right? Where if payroll's coming down, workers comp companies the same type of thing, right? They see the workers comp uh, premiums coming down because you're laying off employee after employee, you're you're dropping that stuff. Uh, it, it's it's a it's something that that people definitely need to know about. What are your marketing strategies right now? What are you going? What are you implementing uh, in in trying to get in front of those people? So yeah, so LinkedIn has been my primary channel. Um, just trying to produce content there to to raise awareness. Um, and in terms of uh, and then and then focusing my my outreach there is you know trying to trying to uh, establish networks. Accountants being the main one. Uh, non bankruptcy attorneys um, who who do business with small um, small businesses is is another. I think another um, big one is uh, is you know franchise development leaders. So if you have a bunch of franchisees and each of those are set up as you know unique LLCs, um, those are those are uh, that's a network of of small businesses essentially. And those franchise development leaders are aware of the. Um, of the health of the business because they're getting paid a function of, of the, you know, function of sales, oftentimes royalties. Um, so I think that's another big channel. Um, but in terms of activity, yeah, it's really focusing my content, uh, uh, efforts on LinkedIn. I put it up, I put, you know, content on my blog, on my website and in some other channels like Facebook, but, um, for, for, for my money, a lot of the kind of the, um, the business professionals that I want to get in front of are, are on LinkedIn. So that's been my primary focus. I'm going to connect you with uh, Megan Allen. I had her on the show uh, a while ago uh, and she helps uh, franchise. She helps people franchise businesses. So I'm sure she has a connection of, of a bunch of different uh, franchise owners or franchisees that are, that are going through it. Right. I mean, it, depending on, on whatever that franchise is, uh, so I'm going to connect you guys because I think it's it's very beneficial for a lot of these companies to be able to restructure. We just don't know, right? Like like that that's I think the scariest part of the situation that we're in today is is right now it looks like it's going on the positive uptick, right? I mean I'm in California, I don't know exactly where you are, but I'm in California and it looks like we're we're trending in a in a more positive direction. Right. But who knows? This thing could right. change or rules could change or I have no idea. Anything can happen. And then we're right back into where we need to go. So, you know, awareness is is the key. Yeah. Uh, how do you feel about uh, the, that current situation? Yeah, I think I think the, uh, you know, I've, I've, I'm in Texas. I'm based in the Dallas Fort Worth area. I've, you know, and I'm an eternal optimist. So uh, <laughs> we learned but I feel like we're on it. We're on an upswing. Right. And and but I think that's important as well, because. When I first started getting into this business, uh, kind of late summer, there was a ton of uncertainty, right? That was very much pre-vaccine. You didn't know if it was 6, 12, 18 months away. So I think at that time, small business owners who were getting really low on cash, it was a much harder decision. Do I want to you know, invest mm -hmm. remaining cash I have to go through a reorganization? I don't even know where the other side of this thing is. Whereas now... There's, there's still plenty of uncertainty, but there's at least more light at the end of the tunnel. It, to me, you know, to me, it, it feels like we're heading in the right direction, vaccines rolling out, et cetera. Um, but I think the other part of that, to your point, is there could be some other bumps in the road. There could be another strain of the stupid virus that takes hold that the vaccine doesn't, you know, conquer and more restrictions, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, I think it's, it's especially important to get that financial health as stable uh, as possible 
to renegotiate with with your different partners in your business to to get you know to as viable of a state as 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 you can um because yeah who as, as optimistic as I want to be, you know, you got to plan for the worst. Expect the best, plan for the worst, I guess is the right way to summarize. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's really what it comes down to. You, When you're looking at the numbers, the numbers are just not going to lie, right? As optimistic as you want to be when customers can't walk into your business, right? Yeah. That That is hurting your bottom line. And then that's really where your business bloodline is. If your bottom line is sinking, if, if it's red, you're bleeding. Like, that's just what's happening. So people need to be aware that, uh, of the options. You know, uh, I don't know how many possible podcast you've been on or or, or uh, plan to be on but I, I I'm connected with quite a few different podcast hosts so I'm gonna I'm gonna get you hooked up with that too so that way you can start getting that message out there a little more ladies and gents I mean that's what it's all about it's about helping each other out and, and when you're in business business is not a solo sport I know there's a lot of solopreneurs out there but you need to use a network you need to have a team you need to talk to professionals who know things that you just don't know giving you give you the opportunities that you need to have and as far as content creation you got to do it like this is this is ideally this is the exact situation that we're worried about right now even though that's available you're invisible you just people just don't know that this opportunity exists so you have to continue to put content out on a regular basis and we can help you do that ladies and gentlemen go to businessbros.biz slash done for you we're going to get your content completely created so you post something every single day so you go from being invisible to being visible to being credible because you're consistent and then of course being profitable because they know like trust you they're going to do business with you. So go to businessbros.biz slash done for you so we can help you get that content out. All right. Um, so Hunter, I want to make sure that I put you on my list and I'm going to, I'm going to connect you with other podcast hosts. Cause I, I honestly, like there's so many people out there that just don't know this opportunity is available to them and you can, you can definitely help them out. Now we talked a little bit about this being a federal law. So is, is, are you state specific or can you help people across the country? Yeah, so there's a little bit of nuance there. So my my side of the services, I can provide that anywhere. I mentioned that I have some different alliances with different attorneys. Usually, they've you know passed the bar and certified in specific states. So my network of alliances with attorneys is you know is most concentrated in Texas, where I'm based. But um, I'm able to to uh, to collaborate with attorneys kind of wherever they are and provide this kind of end to end solution. Awesome. So real quick, I know it's already scrolling on the screen, but for our listening audience, can you let people know how they can get a hold of you? Sure. So you can uh, find me on my website, www.tophilladvisors.com or look, look me up on LinkedIn, uh, Hunter D. Johnson. And uh, that's where I post, as I mentioned, the majority of my content. You can connect with me there. Perfect, man. All right, ladies and gents, you heard it. Look, there's different opportunities out there. You don't have to completely fail. If you've been in business for a while, now I understand if you're done and you're just going to call it quits, this is a perfect time to retire. But if you're not, if you need the opportunity to restructure yourself, this is a perfect time. Take advantage of what Hunter's offering. At least get a consultation to know exactly where you're out, where you are and what that path forward could look like for you guys. So tophilladvisors.com. Check out Hunter D. Johnson on LinkedIn. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you got a productive or at least you got something out of today's episode because that's our goal every single day to give you more value in time than you took up to listen. Hunter, thanks again for coming on the show, man. Appreciate it. Good deal. It was fun. Thanks for having me. All right, ladies and gents, we'll see you guys mañana. Have a great SHIT. So happy it's Thursday. We'll see you mañana. Thank you for listening to the Business Bros Podcast. Are you looking to get more clients or to increase your income? 
Hernan, the business bro, can help you generate referrals through the power of podcasting. And James, the insurance bro with Pipeline Insurance, can help you effectively add insurance to your existing business. If you are ready to create wealth today and generational wealth for tomorrow, email businessbros at csfirst.com to schedule a free consultation or join the Business Bros Network, www.businessbros.biz.